we are doing chapter 12 dhruva maharaj goes back to godhead is from the shrimad bhagavatam so we'll continue from where we left last time <clears throat> the great sage maitreya said my dear vidura dhruva maharaj's anger subsided and he completely ceased killing yakshas when kuvera the most blessed master of the treasury learned this news he appeared before dhruva while being worshipped by yakshas kinnaras and karanas he spoke to dhruva maharaj who stood before him with folded hands the master of the treasury kuvera said o sinless son of kshatriya i am very glad to know that under the instructions of your grandfather you have given up your enmity although it is very difficult to avoid i am very pleased with you actually you have not killed the yakshas nor have they killed your brother for the ultimate cause of generation and annihilation is the eternal time featured of the supreme lord misidentification of oneself and the others as i and you on the basis of the bodily concept of life is a product of ignorance this bodily concept is the cause of repeated birth and death and it makes us go on continuously in material existence so in the four lines that we did a great person like uh, even kuver is saying he can understand the truth what is the truth the truth is that uh, everything that was done in this material world by dhruva is false all right what it translates into is now dhruva maharaj what he had done he had killed a lot of yakshas and all that and on the other side it was mentioned that <coughs> kuber will get very angry and shiva will get very angry with you but the moment you say i was doing it it sticks to you the moment you understand that you are not the doer but the supreme divine consciousness is making it happen through you so everything that is appearing in this world is making it appear through you so at that point in time you leave this concept of out about myself i me and myself what do you say the lord is getting this done through me so this concept we have been you know doing for last so many years now it's the same thing again and it is being repeated time and again that the moment you take credit for something then it is going to stick to you so don't take credit for anything just do it in the name of the lord and everything is happening as per the identification of the body the body is saying i am doing it i am doing it i am doing it but you are not the doer provided you have this idea that you are just a tool in the hands of god got it so <clears throat> my dear dhruva come forward may the lord always grace you with good fortune the supreme personality of godhead who is beyond our sensory perception is the super soul of all living entities and thus all entities are one without distinction begin therefore to render services unto the transcendental form of the lord who is the ultimate shelter of all living entities engage yourself fully therefore <coughs> in the devotional service of the lord for only he can deliver us from the entanglement of materialistic existence <coughs> although the lord is attached to his material potency he is aloof from her activities see here the line is very clear though the lord is attached to his material potency what is the material potency the prakriti aspect of it 
the creative aspect of it the maya aspect of it now though he is attached because remember that thing has come from him alone when it has come from him alone remember that you may say that he is the doer no here he is aloof from her activities why is it called her because all potencies are female not female female the way we look at it it's a creative aspect all creative aspect is coming with the females also in the sense that anything like say for example the aspect of what we have learnt in the <coughs> mahabharata in the mahabharata we were talking about draupadi and the pandavas and then there is dushasan and duryodhan and all that now the one whose sari is in the garment is being removed is draupadi isn't it so you think draupadi is a female no draupadi is not a female draupadi is the body b o d y body our body and the five pandavas are our five senses they are married to this body are they not so the five senses are married to this body and the term called dushasan and duryodhan is lust and greed lust removes the garments from the body isn't it but if you have surrendered to the lord if the body has surrendered to the lord that means you take krishna's name then what happens krishna covers you up with more garment isn't it so he doesn't allow your izzat or uh, you know your uh, chastity if you want to go it is only when you have surrendered so if you understand this words then you will know that draupadi is not a female we are not talking about a female female we are talking about every individual in this world is a female we just look at ourselves as male this person is a male then that he is a male she is a female there is no he and no she we are all androgynous actually but androgyne is the male aspect is with the lord which is what is called the supreme divine consciousness so the the term over here which he says you see in the previous line he said the supreme personality of godhead who is beyond our sensory perception sensory perception is the super soul of all living entities okay and thus all entities are one so every entity in this world entity means an individual a person a man a woman or whatever a tree an element an elephant a bird whatever all these are entities what is the one that is there common to it is called super soul only paramatma is common to everybody there is no jivatma the way we look at it there is no individual soul there there is only one super soul got it so if there is one super soul and that is called a male then everything else in this world is female so the potency is always female remember this female not female just because of woman no it's not woman we are talking about potency is always powers <clears throat> so he is aloof from her activities everything in this material world is happening by the inconceivable potency of the supreme personality of godhead only things happen because of the potency potency is the power the power that is there is actually making things happen 
the moment you say i am doing it i am doing it i am doing it oh so you are greater than the power of the lord <laughs> that is the reason why it is always expected not to talk about this kind of things no don't take credit my dear dhruva maharaj son of maharaj uttanpada you have heard that you are constantly engaged in transcendental loving service of supreme personality of godhead who is known for his lotus navel you are therefore worthy to take all benedictions from us please therefore ask without hesitation whatever benediction you want from me the great sage maitreya continued my dear vidura when thus asked to accept a benediction from kuvera the yaksharaj that is the king of the yakshas dhruva maharaj the most elevated pure devotee who was an intelligent and thoughtful king begged that he might have unflinching faith in and remembrance of the supreme personality of godhead for thus a person can cross over the oceans of nescience very easily although it is very difficult for others to cross so what does dhruva maharaj say he says please give me constant remembrance of the lord alone that's it the son of vidvida lord kuvera was very pleased and happy and gave dhruva maharaj the benediction he wanted thereafter he disappeared from dhruva's presence and dhruva maharaj returned to his capital city as long as he remained at home dhruva maharaj performed great many sacrifices ceremonial sacrifices in order to please the enjoyer of all sacrifices supreme personality of godhead the enjoyer rasika the enjoyer is called the rasika every sacrifice that you do in his name he enjoys enjoys doesn't mean he is sitting over there in on a be- beautiful throne and and you know smelling all the roses and stuff like that you know like the show in the films with a glass in his hand and enjoying sorry that is not the picture <laughs> enjoyment doesn't translate into that enjoyment means see enjoyment is happening through the senses this is what we know enjoyment happens through the senses but he is beyond the senses beyond the senses so beyond the senses it is not sensual at in you know a, what do you call that he is not enjoying through the senses okay so let us not think of the lord as the enjoyer of senses means like he is an ayash what madmas is not an ayash he is a guy who is called a rasika rasika is connoisseur enjoyer one who knows one who is understanding all the things so dhruva maharaj rendered devotional service unto the supreme the reservoir of anything everything an unrelating force with unrelating force while carrying out his devotional service to the lord he would see that everything is situated in him only and that he is situated in all living entities the lord is called achyuta because he never fails in his prime duty to give protection to his devotees come whatever may the lord's job is that he will ensure that he takes care of his devotees always remember this don't ever forget this because we think you know many a times when we are in too much of trouble or when there are too many problems happening in our world we believe that the lord has deserted us <laughs> and he, he never deserts you he is always there with you don't you ever think like this so that is his primary duty see we may forget our own primary duties in this world we may come in the world and you know we are supposed to do a lot of things and we may forget our duties but the lord never does forget his duties dhruva maharaj was endowed with all godly qualities he was very respectful to the devotees of the supreme lord and very kind to the poor and innocent and he protect 
protected religious principles. With all these qualifications, he was considered to be the direct father of all the citizens. Dhruva Maharaj ruled over this planet for 36,000 years. He diminished the reactions of pious activity by enjoyment and by practicing austerities. He diminished inauspicious reactions. The self-controlled great soul Dhruva Maharaj thus passed many many years favorably, executing three kinds of worldly activities. Namely, namely, what are the three things that every human being is supposed to do, whether you like it or not? These are the three things which a devotee of the Lord is supposed to do. What are the three important things he is supposed to do? Religiosity. Religiosity means spiritually inclined. Always surrendering at the feet of the Lord. Religious. Economic development. You have to do economic development. Ma. You have to understand that, you know, no, 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 why should I bother? God is going to take care of me. I am not supposed to be doing. But if God is himself doing all those activities, who are you to say no to it? So economic development means your own development, your people around you. You may not do it for yourself. You may say, Let's see, I don't want any money. <clears throat> I don't want anything in this material world. But you are not the only one, no? The world is created by God. There are lots of people who may not have even food to eat or you know something like that. You will find that there are poor people. They are devoid of things. Can we not work for their development? As a king, as Dhruva Maharaj is a king, is he not supposed to work towards economic development? So basically, you will find that these three things, the second one is called development, economy. The third one is called satisfaction of all material desires. If you have any material desire, let us say for example, you have an, a desire, oh, maybe a leftover desire, a remnant from your past life. It says, you know, I want to travel a lot in this world. Suppose that is your desire. Or you have a desire that I would like to, uh, you know, <coughs> go and uh, say sit in uh, near the Ganga river or something like that. I don't know. Or maybe you just want to go and see the Eiffel Tower. Who knows? Or you just want to go and, uh, you know, maybe like I have a desire. You know, my I have a very strange desire. Right from childhood, I always wanted to go up and down the Amazon. <laughs> it's the longest river in the world. And it is filled with all sorts of beautiful stuff and horrible stuff as well. So I would like to sail from the beginning of Amazon to the end of Amazon. I would love to do that. So, yeah. Actually, somebody uh, told me that I should watch this beautiful film. Uh, it is called uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Okay. Now, the, the film is very stupid or funny or whatever you want to call it from a very worldly point of view. It sounds like as in the, the, it's a worthless film. But... The, the meaning of the film is very, very deep and profound. It talks about a very normal human being. A person who goes to work in a normal place and yet he has dreams. He dreams and he does perfect job, by the way. He is doing in his work, whatever work that is there, his duty, he does perfectly. And so, in his world, where the third part of what and satisfaction of all material desires that's the third part I told you know in satisfaction of all material desires his he wants to go to the deepest part to the the highest peak to everything like that and in the entire film this man does everything in the world 
he does literally everything he goes to the strangest of the places like greenland a uh, greenland who would want to go there he goes there from there he goes to iceland suddenly he goes to some other place and then finally he goes to a place which is where they have buzkashi buzkashi is that i don't know whether you have heard of this term called buzkashi buzkashi the warlords warlords are people those who are tribal heads <coughs> tribal heads in afghanistan now in these tribal heads what they do is they keep a basically a small animal in between them and their job is to run away with the animal on or on their horse horsebacks it's basically a piece of meat or something and then you have to fight for it and you have to run with your horses that is buzkashi and in that lot of people get hurt because they are <laughs> these are hefty guys and he goes to this place a very rare place in afghanistan and then he climbs up the mountain when he climbs up the mountain he has gone in search of a of a photographer now this is the funniest part of the film which he, which hardly anybody can understand the photographer is sitting on top of that mountain right on top through his lenses he is watching for many many days he sits over there trying to see a snow leopard now imagine he is a world class photographer for lifetime magazine he is sitting over there and through his lenses he is watching this snow leopard and the snow leopard comes in front of him and walter mitty is standing next to him and telling him why don't you take the photograph just now tick 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 and that person just looks at him and says no today i just want to enjoy this moment it's a rarest of the feat to watch that animal and this man has been sitting on top of the mountain trying to click the photograph for that but when he sees this wonderful beautiful place he doesn't take the photograph he just watches it and that's it so this now this is something which you cannot understand this is the highest form of what is called as satisfaction of all material desires that is his desire and he satisfies it then what else is there left so you have to do this ultimate dream of yours whatever the dream might be you might dream of you know riding a top very tallest you know elevators in the world who knows i don't know or you want to go to the deepest atolls in the world you know like where the i don't know some the aircraft has gone deep inside you want to go there who knows so like that thereafter he handed over the charge of the royal throne to his son so remember these are the three things that we are supposed to do one is religiosity second one is your economic development third one satisfaction of all material desires do not keep any desires do not see when you are coming towards religiosity you have to finish all your desires oh, what is it okay i'll answer that once i finish this okay all right Sri Nadu Duo Maharaj realized that his cosmic manifestation bewilders living entities like a dream of phantasmagoria because it's a creation of illusory external energy of the supreme lord manifestation bewilders living entities think about it like this you have come in this world you have come in this world and you have religiosity in you now you are thinking in your own terminologies even the lord may take birth so the question that arises is why have i taken birth 
why am i over here it's bewildering why should krishna take birth on the earth why and then the next thing is why should shri ram come i mean why does god want to take birth of all the places on this earth now you may say dharma you know for dharma and all that i mean that's a very normal way of looking at it for establishing dharma no dharma is one aspect of it one aspect of it remember if you recollect in the beginning of time krishna was born as two avatars one is called the matsya avatar correct you remember the matsya avatar and the second avatar was varaha avatar so what did he do to the earth <laughs> he lifted it with his tusk isn't it he lifted it out from the bowels of the waters what does that mean so in the first avatar he was giving a direction in one place in the second avatar he was giving a direction in another place so was he not moving turning literally like you know pushing little 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 towards that objective that is required so he is doing certain things so that he can push the thing in a particular direction the lord's job is the dharma that you are talking about is the the problem that is there in this world no the problem is on one aspect but making the world go towards another direction is very very important direction he gives directions and that is the reason why he comes also there are other reasons also which we will tackle them once we come to them thus dhruva maharaj at the end left the kingdom which extended all over the earth and was bounded by the great oceans he considered his body his wives his children his family his army his rich treasury his very comfortable palaces and his many enjoyable pleasure grounds to be creations of the illusory energy thus in due course of time he retired to the forest in the himalayas known as badrika ashrama in badrika ashrama dhruva maharaj's senses became completely purified because he bathed regularly in the crystal clear purified water he fixed his sitting position and by yogic practice controlled the breathing process and by the air of life in this way his senses were completely withdrawn then he concentrated his mind on the archa vigraha form of the lord in which the exact replication of the lord and thus meditating upon him entered into a complete trance see darsha vigraha is an incarnation of the lord in the form appreciated by the devotees therefore devotees engaged in the temple in the service of the lord call as archa vigraha a form made of stula material objects such as stone metal wood jewels and paint what happens is when you want to when you love a particular form suppose you like a form of krishna in the form of only krishna okay with his basari standing there and with the cow behind maybe that is a form you may love so that is a form you can have with any of these ingredients that is stone metal wood jewels or paint whichever even paint is okay or you can even sculpt it does not matter so this particular form which you desire the most suppose you desire the form with radha krishna you can have that form or if you want uh, to have a bal krishna you see it all depends on your own internal 
likes and dislikes isn't it some sometimes you want to consider krishna as a child as a child of course then you know that bal krishna thing a small baby form of his so whichever form that is required you can make that form buy it or if you want just have it or keep it in front of you so that you can pray to that form this is the archa means to pray pray marchana archana the word archana okay this is completely the form that you are actually interested in so make that form keep it in front of you and pray to it if you remember uh, mirabai used to always carry one krishna in her arms all over the town was one small image of krishna and she would carry it all over the town she used to always tell you know my mummy gave this to me so that i can get married to him there is a story in that so <laughs> so she used to go around with this form all over the place if you go to uh, dakshineshwar there also you will find there is there, there is one small black black stone which is called ramlala there was this sage who used to carry this ramlala all over the place that is the form he admired the most so whichever form that you acquire which you want that form you can take keep it in your mind do your sadhana with that form it will reach you it will make you reach to your destination so then you concentrate on this form which is an exact replica of the lord and thus meditating upon him enter into a complete trance because of his transcendental bliss incessant tears flowed from his eyes his heart melted and there was shivering and standing of hair all over his body these are the external manifestations in our body those who are completely lost in the lord these are the things that happen to the person what happens to him incessant tears tears will keep on coming from your eyes for no rhyme or reason there is no way in which you can understand why the tears are coming they are coming because of extreme devotion second thing heart melts literally you feel ah like that you know <laughs> like a sigh will come from you or something then there is shivering you can shiver as if you know some some great entity is passing from near you how how it would appear so like that shivering happens and hair will stand all over the body thus transformed in a trance of devotional service dhruva maharaj completely forgot his bodily existence and thus he immediately became liberated from material bondage as soon as the symptoms of this liberation were manifest he saw a very beautiful airplane coming down from the sky as if the brilliant full moon were coming down illuminating all the 10 directions roo maharaj saw two very beautiful associates of lord vishnu in the plane they were four hands and black blackish body luster and they were very youthful and their eyes were just like red dish lotus flowers they held clubs in their hands and they were dressed in very attractive garments like helmets and were decorated with necklaces bracelets and earrings Dhruva Maharaj, seeing these, seeing these uncommon personalities, were direct servants of the supreme personality of God, Godhead. Immediately stood up, but being puzzled in hastiness, he forgot how to receive them in a proper way. Therefore, he simply offered obeisance with folded hands and chanted and glorified the holy name of the Lord. Dhruva Maharaj was always absorbed in thinking of the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. His heart was full of Krishna. When the two confidential servants of the Supreme Lord, who were named Nanda and Sunanda, approached him smiling happily, Dhruva stood with folded hands, bowing humbly. They then addressed him as follows: Nanda and Sunanda, the two confidential associates of Lord Vishnu, said, "Dear King, let there be all good fortune unto you. Please attentively hear what we say, what we shall say. 
when you are only five years old you underwent severe austerities and you thereby greatly satisfied the supreme personality of godhead where representatives of the supreme personality of godhead the creator of the whole universe who carries in his hand the bow name saranga he has been specifically we have been specifically de- deputed to take you to the spiritual world to achieve vishnu lok is very difficult but by your austerities you have conquered even the great rishis and demigods cannot achieve this position simply to see the supreme abode that is the vishnu's planet this vaikuntha okay the sun and the moon and all of the planets stars lunar mansions and solar systems are circumambulating it now please come you are welcome to go there king druva neither your forefathers nor anyone else before you have achieved such a transcendental planet the planet known as vishnu lok where lord vishnu personally resides is the highest of all it is worshipable by the inhabitants of all other planets within the universe please come with us and live there eternally o immortal one this unique airplane has been sent by the supreme personality of godhead who is worshipped by selected prayers and who is the chief of all living entities you are quite worthy to board such a plane the great sage maitreya continued maharaj ru was very dear to the supreme personality of godhead when he heard the sweet speech of lord's chief associates in the vaikuntha planet he immediately took his sacred bath dressed himself with suitable ornaments and performed his daily spiritual duties thereafter he offered his respectful obeisance unto the great sages present there and accepted their blessings before getting abroad about dhruva maharaj worship the airplane circumambulated it and also offered obeisance unto the associates of vishnu in the meantime he became as brilliant and illuminating as molten gold he was thus completely prepared to board the transcendental plane when dhruva maharaj was attempting to get on the transcendental plane he saw death personified approach him not caring for death however he took advantage of the opportunity to put his feet on the head of death and thus he got up on the airplane which was as big as a house at that time drums and kettle drums surround, sur- resounded in the sky the chief gandharva began to sing and other demigods showered flowers like torrents of rain upon dhruva maharaj dhruva was seated in the transcendental airplane which was just about to start when he remembered his poor mother suniti he thought to himself how shall i go alone to vaikuntha planet and leave behind my poor mother the great associates of vaikuntha nanda and sunanda could understand the mind of dhruva maharaj and thus they showered him they showed him that his mother suniti was already going forward in another plane while dhruva maharaj was passing through the space he gradually saw all the planets of the solar system and on the path he saw all the demigods in their airplanes showering flowers upon him like rain dhruva maharaj was thus surpassed the seven planetary systems of the great sages also known as saptarishis beyond that region he achieved the transcendental situation of permanent life in the planet where lord vishnu lives the self effulgent vaikuntha planet by whose illumination alone all the illuminating planets within the material world give off reflected light cannot be reached by those who are not merciful to other living entities only persons who are constantly engaged in welfare activities of other living entities can reach the vaikuntha planet see this line is also very important like i told you the the second part of it the economic development only persons who constantly engage in welfare activities for other living entities can reach the vaikuntha planet so always remember you may not have any desires for yourself you may not have any wants or i want to achieve this and i want to do that the economic development that we are talking about 
you may think what is the need for me to go in for economic development or work or do something like that but here you have to understand we are not doing it for ourselves we are doing it for the world which is devoid of all these things some people who don't have it we should give them so he says only those who constantly engage in welfare activities for other living entities for other living entities can reach the vaikuntha planet persons who are pleased peaceful equipoised cleansed and purified and who know the art of pleasing all other entities keep friendship only with the devotee of the lord they alone can easily achieve the perfection of going back home back to godhead so who are the people who can go back to godhead people those who are peaceful in nature peaceful first is peaceful second one is equipoised remember these are the words which we have learnt in the bhagavad gita as well equipoised you are neither swinging to the right nor to the left you are in the center if somebody says something bad to you you are not bothered if somebody says something good to you also you are not bothered you are only supposed to do what you are supposed to do cleansed those who have cleaned purified and those who know the art of pleasing all other living entities we always please ourselves we always want to dress nicely for ourselves we always want to feel good about ourselves we want to rise in our careers we want to do so many things for ourselves how many people do it for other people so those who are pleasing to other living entities do it for others so this is what the art of pleasing other living entities and then to keep friendship with only the devotees of the lord the devotees of the lord are only those who are in love with the lord keep company of these people only see we want to be friends with all other kinds they are in no way going to make you reach god isn't it so you always keep the company of those who are devoted to the lord they alone can very easily achieve the perfection of going back home these are the people who can go back home to the godhead alone in this way the fully krishna conscious dhruva maharaj the exalted son of maharaj uttanpada attained the summit of the three statues of the planetary system so he was able to go to the highest brahmalok you know the next kailash and the third one vaikuntha the highest of the three Sage Maitreya continued, My dear Vidura, descendants of Kuru, as the herd of bulls circumambulate a certain pole on their right side, all the luminaries within the universal sky increase unceasingly circumambulate the abode of Dhruva Maharaj with great force and speed. So now he is going to go towards this place where nobody is going to leave him. After observing the glories of Dhruva Maharaj, the great sage Narada, playing his veena went to the sacrificial arena of the prachetas and very happily chanted the following three verses so what happens to the maharaj he goes and he gets established in this place in the universe which is some something where you cannot you always that is the center and round it the whole universe will revolve so becomes a pole star the great sage narada said simply by influence of the spiritual advancement and powerful austerities dhruva maharaj the son of suniti who was devoted to her husband acquired an exalted position not possible to attain even for the so called vedantist or strict followers of vedic principles not to speak of ordinary human beings so narada is saying 
he was able to get the highest position even the people those who are vedantins those who study the vedas and the shastras who do so many other things they do a lot of other things besides being a normal human being also nobody can achieve this kind of position he was able to achieve that the great sage narada continued just see how dhruva maharaj aggrieved by the harsh word of his step mother went to the forest at the age of only 5 years and undone by direction underwent austerity although the supreme personality of godhead is unconquerable dhruva maharaj defeat, defeated him with the specific qualifications possessed by lord's devotees qualification of the lord devotees four isn't it <laughs> we have already done the qualification n number of times faith surrender love devotion okay besides that there is no other dhruva maharaj attained an exalted position at the age of only 5 or 6 years after undergoing austerity for 6 months alas a great kshatriya cannot achieve such a position even after undergoing austerities for many many years the great sage maitreya continued my dear vidura whatever you have asked from me about the great reputation and character of dhruva maharaj i have explained to you in all detail great saintly persons and devotees very much like to hear about dhruva maharaj by hearing the narration of dhruva maharaj one can fulfill desires for wealth reputation and increased duration of life it is so auspicious that one can even go to heavenly planet or attain dhruva lok which is achieved by dhruva maharaj just by hearing about him the demigods also become pleased because of this narration is so glorious and it is so powerful that it can counteract all the results in one sinful action anyone who hears the narration of dhruva maharaj and who repeatedly tries with faith and devotion to understand the pure character attain the pure devotional service and executes pure devotional service by such activities one can diminish the threefold conditions of material life anyone who hears the narration of dhruva maharaj acquires exalted qualities like him for anyone who desires greatness prowess or influence here is the process by which to acquire them and for thoughtful men who want adoration here is the proper means here is the proper means means this entire story of dhruva maharaj right from beginning to the end will give you all these things the great sage maitreya recommended one should chant of the uh, chant of the character and the activities of dhruva maharaj both in the morning and in the evening with great attention and care in the society of brahmanas or other twice born persons persons who have completely taken shelter of the lotus feet of the lord should recite the narration of dhruva maharaj without taking remuneration specifically recitation is recommended on full moon or dark moon days or on the day after ekadashi on the appearance of the shravana star at the end of a particular tithi or the occasions of vyatpata at the end of the month or on sunday such recitation should of course be performed before a favorable audience when recitation is performed this way without professional motive the reciter and the audience becomes perfect the narration of dhruva maharaj is sublime knowledge for the attainment of immortality persons unaware of the absolute truth can be led to the path of truth those who out of transcendental kindness take on the responsibility of becoming master protectors of the poor living entities automatically gain the interest and the blessings of the demigods the transcendental activities of dhruva maharaj are well known all over the world and they are very pure in childhood dhruva maharaj rejected all kinds of toys and playthings left the protection of the mother and seriously took shelter at the feet of supreme personality of godhead vishnu my dear vidura 
I therefore conclude this narration, for I have described to you it in all details. This ends the chapter 12th chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled Dhruva Maharaj goes back to Godhead. So we have just completed it. And uh, we can do the next one also, it's not a problem because it's a small one, I believe. Mm. Yeah. And then we can start the new story. The new story is different. Alright. So I have got another few more minutes. Can I do? It's okay, no? Alright, we are doing chapter 13, description of the descendants of Dhruva Maharaj. What or who are his descendants? Sutta Goswami continued to speak of all the rishis headed by Shavanaka and said, after hearing Maitreya Rishi describe Dhruva Maharaj's ascent to Lord Vishnu's abode, Vidura became very much enlightened in devotional emotion and he inquired from Maitreya as follows. Vidura inquired from Maitreya, O great advanced devotee, who are the Prachetas? To which family do they belong? Whose sons are they and where did they perform the great sacrifices? Vidura continued, I know that the great sage Narada is the greatest of all devotees. He has compiled the pancha, Panchatrika procedure of devotional service and has directly met the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's a, it's a, in the, this particular Panchatrika Vidhi is the method of temple worship. And the Bhagavata Vidhi is a system of nine processes which begin with hearing and chanting. Okay. And that is the method, that is the thing that has been introduced by Sage Narada. While all the Prachitas were executing religious rituals and sacrificial ceremonies and thus worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead for his satisfaction, the great Sage Narada described the transcendental qualities of Dhruva Maharaj. My dear Brahmana, how did Narad Muni glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead and what pastimes were described in the meeting? I am very eager to hear of them. Kindly explain fully about the glorification of the Lord. The great sage Maitreya replied, My dear Vidura, when Maharaj Dhruva departed for the forest, his son Utkala did not desire to accept the opulent throne of his father, which was meant for the ruler of all the lands of this planet. From his very birth, Utkala was very fully satisfied and unattached in this world. He was equipoised, for he could see everything resting in the Supersoul and the Supersoul present in everybody's heart. By expansion of his knowledge of the Supreme Brahma, he had already attained liberation from the bondage of the body. This liberation is known as Nirvana. He is situated in transcendental bliss and he continues always in the blissful existence, which expanded more and more. This was possible for him by continual practice of Bhakti Yoga, which is compared to fire because it burns away all dirty material things. He was always situated in the constitutional position of the Self-Realization and he could, see not, he could not see anything else but the Supreme Lord and himself engaged in discharging devotional services. Utkala appeared to be less intelligent person on the road, to be foolish, blind, dumb, deaf and mad, although actually he was not so. He remained like fire covered with ash without blazing flames. It is exactly like how normal human beings will also appear if they are lost in the Lord. They appear literally like, you know, as if going on the road, foolish, blind, dumb, deaf, mad and actually, but they are not so. And they might be covered with ashes or doing whatever, it does not matter. For this reason, the ministries of all the elderly members of the family thought Utkala to be without intelligence and in fact mad. Thus his younger brother named Vatsara, the son of Brahmi, was elevated to the royal throne and he became king of the world. King Vatsara had a very dear wife whose name was Shravaviti 
and she gave birth to six sons named Pushparna, Tigmaketu, Isa, Urja, Vasu and Jaya. Pushparna had two wives namely Prabha and Dosha. Prabha had three sons namely Pratar, Madhyadinima and Sayyam. Dosha had three sons Pradosha, Nishita and Yusta. Vyusta's wife was named Pushkarani and she gave birth to a very powerful son named Sarvateja. Sarvateja's wife Akuti gave birth to a son named Chakshusha who became the sixth Manu at the end of the Manu's millennium. Nadwala, the wife of Chakshusha Manu, gave birth to the following faultless sons Puru, Kutsa, Trita, Dhyumna, Satyavan, Rita, Vrata, Agnistoma, Atiratra, Pradyumna, Sibi, and Ulmuka. Of the twelve sons, Ulmuka begot six sons of his wife Pushkarni. They were all very good sons and their names were Anga, Sumana, Khyati, Kratu, Angira, and Gaya. The wife of Anga, Sunita, gave birth to a son named Vena, who was very crooked. We are going to do his story, by the way. The saintly king Anga was very disappointed with Vena's bad character and he left home and kingdom and went out of the forest. My dear Vidura, when great sages curse, their words are as invincible as the thunderbolt. Thus, when they curse King Vena out of anger, he died. After his death, since there was no king, all the rogues and the thieves flourished. The kingdom became unregulated and all the citizens suffered greatly. On seeing this, the great sages took the right hand of Vena as a churning rod. And as a result of their churning, Lord Vishnu in his partial representation made advent as King Prithu, the original emperor of this world. Vidura inquired from the sage Maitriya, My dear Brahmana, King Anga was very gentle. He had high character and was saintly personality and lover of the Brahminical culture. How is it that such a great son, soul, got a bad son like Vena, because of whom became indifferent to the kingdom and left it? This question comes up many a times. When the father and the mother are so good, why are the children so bad? You know, this question, many a times we have come across this question. Vidura also inquired, How is it that the great sage, who was completely conversant with religious principle, desired to curse King Vena, who himself carried the rod of punishment and thus avoided him the great punishment of Brahmashapa? It is the duty of all citizens in a state never to insult the king even though he sometimes appears to have done something very sinful. Because of his prowess, the king is always more influential than all other ruling chiefs. Vidura requested Maitriya, My dear Brahmana, you are well conversant with all the subjects, both past and present. Therefore, I wish to hear from you the activities of King Vena. I am your faithful devotee, so please explain this. Sri Maitreya replied, My dear Vidura, once the great King Anga arranged to perform the great sacrifices known as Ashwamedha. All the great Brahmanas present knew how to invite the demigods, and in spite of their efforts, no demigods participated or appeared in that sacrifice. The priests engaged in the sacrifice then informed King Anga, O King, we are properly offering the clarified butter in the sacrifice, but despite all our efforts, the demigods do not accept it. O King, we know that the paraphernalia to perform the sacrifice is well collected by you with great faith and care and is not polluted. 
Our chanting of the Vedic hymns is also not deficient in any way. For all the Brahmanas and the priests present here are experts and are executing the performances properly. Doesn't this tell you that even if you do a puja in a very very perfect manner, collecting the things and then performing the yagyas in the way it is supposed to, carrying all the Brahmanas, proper, why still these people are don't come? Why the demigods don't turn up for the puja? Why? Dear King, we do not find any reason that the demigods should feel insulted or neglected in any way. But still the demigods who are witness for the sacrifice do not accept their shares. We do not know why this is so. Maitreya explained to King Anga after hearing the statements of the priest were greatly aggrieved. At that time he took the permission from the priest to break his silence and inquired from all the priests who were present in the sacrificial arena. King Anga addressed the priestly order. My dear priest, kindly tell me what offence I have committed. Although invited, the demigods are neither taking part in the sacrifice nor accepting their shares. The head priest said, O king, in this life we do not find any sinful activity, even without your mind. So you are not in the least offensive. But we can see that in your previous life, you perform sinful activities due to which, in spite of having all qualification, you have no son. O king, we wish all good fortune to you. You have no son. But if you pray at once to the Supreme Lord and ask for a son, and if you execute the sacrifice for that purpose, the enjoyer of the sacrifice, Krishna, will fulfill your desires. When Hari, the supreme enjoyer of all sacrifices, is invited to fulfill your desire for a son, all the demigods will come with him and take their share in the sacrifice. The performer of the sacrifice, under Karmakanda activities, Achieve the fulfillment of the desire for which he worships the Lord. Remember the third one? Third is called fulfillment of all your desires. This is the third one which you have to fulfill. See, you may have a desire of just, just eating some stupid stuff. Does not matter. You may think, you know, I want to wear a garment, a particular garment for once, once in my life. Please wear it. But don't get entangled into it. Because it's very easy. If you remember, Ramakrishna Paramahansa said, You get me this, you know, a shawl. I want to have this. He told Mathur Babu and got the item. Wore it only for a minute and then threw it away. When we are doing the Sai Satcharitra, are we not seeing that Baba also wears a crown on his head, though the crown is not even staying on his head. And he throws it away. Why? Because it's not what he is looking for. So all these things have to be done and finished off. Don't don't keep them. Thus for the sake of King Anga, they decided to offer oblations to Lord Vishnu who is situated in the heart of all living entities. As soon as the oblations were offered in the fire, a person appeared from the fire altar wearing a golden, golden garland and a white dress. He was carrying a golden pot filled with rice boiled in milk. The king was very liberal and after taking permission from the priest, he took the preparation in his joint palms and after smelling it, he offered a portion to his wife. Although the queen had no son, after eating that food, which had the power to produce a male child, she became pregnant by her husband and in due course of time, she gave birth to a son. That boy was partially in the dynasty of irreligion. His grandfather was death personified and the boy grew up as his follower. He became greatly irreligious person. After fixing his bow and arrow, the cruel boy used to go to the forest and unnecessarily kill deer, innocent deers. And as soon as he came 
all the people would cry here comes cruel vena here comes cruel vena the boy was so cruel that while playing with the young boys in the age he would kill them mercilessly and as if they were animals meant for slaughter after seeing the cruel and the unnecessary in the merciless behavior of their son vena king nanga punished him in different ways to reform him but was unable to bring him to the path of gentleness he thus became greatly aggrieved the king thought to himself persons who have no son are certainly fortunate they must have worshiped the lord in their previous life so that they would not suffer the unbearable unhappiness caused by their bad son a sinful son causes a person's reputation to vanish his irreligious activities at home causes irreligion and quarrels among everyone and this creates only endless anxiety who if he is considerate and intelligent would desire such a worthless son such a son is nothing but a bond of illusion for the living entity and he makes one one's home miserable then the king thought a bad son is better than a good one because a good son creates an attachment for home whereas a bad son does not a bad son creates creates a hellish home from which an intelligent man naturally becomes very easily detached thinking like that king anga would not sleep at night he became completely indifferent to household life once before therefore in the dead of the night he got up from the bed and left vena's mother his wife who was sleeping deeply he gave up all attractions for his great opulent kingdom and unseen by anyone he very silently gave up his home and opulence and proceeded towards the forest when it was understood that the king had indifferently left home all the citizens priests ministers friends and people in general were greatly aggrieved they began to search for him in all over the world just as a less experienced mystic searches out the super soul within himself when the citizens could not find any trace of the king after searching for him everywhere they were very greatly disappointed and they returned to the city where all the great sages of the country assembled because of the king's absence with tears in their eyes the citizens offered respectful obeisances and informed the sages in full detail they were unable to find the king anywhere this ends the chapter 13 chapter of shrimad bhagavatam descriptions of the descendants of dhruva maharaj now the question which i think most of us will have the oblations the sacrifice was done and the god himself appears and offers this vessel so why is he offering this vessel which is going to produce a son which is bad now please understand this in in one of the lines previously it was mentioned that those who are on the path of spirituality do not think anything as good or bad in this world we are not supposed to think that this is bad or this is good we are supposed to have the equipoise isn't it the equipoise is that which makes us remain on the path of godhead when it is like that at that point in time there is nothing bad or good in this world if somebody is mean like vena he is a very mean character he kills people and he does so many other things but is he not god's gift to him is god's gift so the the boy was born for that purpose only and because the boy was born that way so anga could remove his anga from there remove himself from there isn't it 
Why? Because then it becomes a very easy path. See, it's only when we have obstacles in the material world can we understand that we have to overcome them and go on our path, isn't it? If there is no obstacle, every day is nice, you know, same thing, good thing is happening to us in this world. We will never take life, you know, we always take life for granted. We never see anything good in it. We only think, ah, everything is perfect, chalo, chalta hai. It's only when the negatives come into the picture, like Vena, when Vena appears, that time we realize how important it is that we should stay on our path. This is the importance of it. And the Lord is very kind enough to put these kind of obstacles in our way so that we understand what we are supposed to do and always move on the right direction. So the obstacles have been created for us to understand this truth. And that is what we are supposed to look into. So now I will answer Padma's question which she has written and then I will end over there. Then why is it that we should have des- not should have not desires or give up desires? Uh, this question was asked when we had come up the idea of desires and we have to fulfill them. The reason why we are supposed to ha- you know get rid of the desires on one side and then why are we having desires the desires if you recollect in the last one when the king is going towards Vaikuntha the desire is that he is having is I hope my mother comes with me or if my mother is accompanying me it's a desire that desire also needs to be fulfilled so the Vaikuntha Vasi are telling the sage, what are they saying to the sage? Your mother is already going in another vimana to that place ahead. So fulfillment of any, you know, any uh, residual, residual, residual is that which is left behind. You have to finish it off. Why you want to, just because of that residual desire of yours, you have to come back for one more life of yours. So get rid of that residual desire. Get rid of it. Finish it off. Destroy it. Does not even matter. And these desires are not may not be there from this life. They may be from your previous life. Remember, they are residual. So getting rid of these desires is a must. And the more you do it in the name of the Lord, the better the devotion will be. So if you if you use of your desire, let us say for example, you have a desire of eating a sweet kheer or something like that. Suppose you have. So why not offer it to the Lord and then partake of it? It will become a prasad for you, isn't it? And this is exactly how you should look at it. And that is the way you can get rid of all kinds of desires.